Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Hate Read. I'm one of your morphs, Em. And I'm another of your morphs, Anna. Every fortnight here on Hate Read for the summer, we are reading an Animorphs book yeah. as part of our slummer reading project. Uh, this fortnight, we read the big... Wait, why did I say big? <laughs> this fortnight... <laughs> This fortnight for Hate Read, we read the third book the big in third the book. series. The big third book. <laughs> big number three. Animorphs number three, The Encounter. Woohoo. What'd you think? Okay, um, this is a, the first Tobias book. That was interesting because if you have not listened to our other two Animorphs episodes and have not read Animorphs, um, number one, welcome, my people, as a person who had never read Animorphs before. <laughs> aren't you glad you're reading them now though (laughs) i am really enjoying these books i'm not gonna lie um but they're fun they're fun tobias is the one who is stuck as a hawk which is just very silly (laughs) yes uh this was a really like for me kind of a darker book in the series (laughs) a little bit there's, I feel like Tobias needs a hawk therapist, but I don't know who he can go to for that. <laughs> I, th- I think part of it is because it's unrelenting, right? Like the other books so far, they've had these moments yeah. where they're like, okay, we got to pause this Animorph stuff and go to class because I have to, like, I have an essay to write or whatever, which right. would bug me, I think. But actually, I think in the last book, I think it's in regards to Marco. Uh, they say something like you like it's very it's it's almost more important now that you spend time with your family and that you keep trying to like hold on to the things that are normal because they're going through this like traumatic mm-hmm. situation that because you could end up like a hawk like Tobias one that fucking suck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just in general of like, they're seeing like a lot, especially the first book was real dark when they saw all of the people enslaved and, you know, yeah. they've seen this stuff with Chapman now and whatever. I think it, ordinarily I'm kind of like, hey, it's the end of the world. You shouldn't be worried about math. But like, I kind of feel like it's justified in these books because they want to cling on to some sort of normalcy in between all this weirdness. But Tobias doesn't have that. He's just a hawk all the time. So yes. He doesn't have a good self-care routine. Yeah, no. I'm really concerned because in the last episode, you informed us all that this series goes from when the children are 13 until they are 19 years yes. old. How long is a hawk's lifespan? Um, That's a good question. And uh, let me look it up real quick. But I've been looking up a lot of wildlife facts in my quest to um, pinpoint where exactly uh-huh. these books take place because I think I can figure it out from the different ranges of the animals that appear in this book. Um, and I'm narrowing it down somewhat. But is he a, is he a red-tailed <laughs> hawk? Is that right? Yes, he's a red-tailed hawk. I think they must be near Yosemite or something. I think that's, that's a pretty good guess. The thing that's kind of throwing it is the fact that there are wolves in this book, and wolves don't live a lot oh. of places in the U.S. Um, but they also say that the wolves have arrived there recently and wolves are kind of like spreading out a little bit more. So there's also an amusement park mentioned by, and it's called the garden, which there's like three different amusement parks that could be. <laughs> You're really trying to hunt down the animorphs. You are a gear. I knew you were a controller. <laughs> Look, I'll let you know when I have something more definitive. Uh, <laughs> red t- okay it, it's not as grim as we might have thought red-tailed hawks live for more than 25 years so he's not gonna die he's not okay. gonna outlive his lifespan <sighs> assuming he didn't like touch the most yeah that's true hawk at the very beginning yeah. like, he didn't touch a 25 year old red-tailed <laughs> hawk <laughs> um i know that you had said that you felt like Tobias like from the minimum that you knew about Mm -hmm. the Animorph series you thought that Tobias was more of a leader yes um now that we've been in his head for 107 (laughs) or 150 pages whatever um do you still feel like he would have been a better leader for the Animorphs well then Jake yes because anything is better than Jake (laughs) well (laughs) that's true but uh, like as opposed to any of the other 
Animorphs. Well, okay, I want to clarify. When I said I thought of Tobias as a leader, that was, um, like you said, my preconceived. Like, I thought he was the leader because he was the one that I heard the most about as mm-hmm. a person who hadn't read Animorphs. So, like, even though I had not read Animorphs, I knew there was a character named Tobias who was stuck as a hawk boy. And I also had this conception Mm -hmm. that he was the sexy one because people were like always shipping him with people. So (laughs) listen, the the internet was a crazy place back in the day. Um, (laughs) So like that's, that's, what I kind of knew of him. So I assumed he was like the main Animorph and therefore the leader. Um, Having read the first two books, I felt that he was kind of stepping into a leadership role somewhat just because he had more intel and stuff. Like he was like, oh, I have this special connection Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the Andalite and I can scope stuff out and whatever. Um, As to is he the best, the best psychologically to be a leader uh probably Uh, not but I also would like to read Marco and Cassie's books before I make a final judgment on who I think the leader should be because I am really oh me too I'm I'm pretty sure it won't be Marco I want to see what Cassie brings to the table right now I would lean toward Rachel I think she seems like the most Mm -hmm. competent one yes yes I agree she and Jake are related, um, but Rachel got all the good stuff. Yeah. And Jake is just real annoying <laughs> and dumb. Also, like, maybe Tobias will just, like, overthrow Jake one day. I mean... Maybe he'll go, like, full animal and try to go all alpha. I doubt that will happen um, for several reasons, but maybe. <laughs> one of the reasons being that I don't think Tobias would be bothered to overthrow Jake. I think he'd be like, Jake's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing, whatever. I think if there were to be an internal power struggle, I don't think Jake even really wants to be the leader. And I don't even know if, I don't know if they're calling him a leader either. Like, I think we kind of just have the idea that he is the leader because. Tobias does. Yeah. And because he was the first viewpoint character, right? Like, so it's, it's like, oh, Jake's in charge, sort of, is setting the tone for the books. But. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else really views him as a leader besides Tobias. And Tobias even, like, yeah, he said that in the first book, but I don't know if that's still the case. They seem like they're all pretty on equal footing. He says that in this book, too. Does he? I missed that. Yeah. He's like, Jake is the guy that if the building was on fire, you'd ask, you'd turn to him to what to do, and he'd have the answer. He was a born leader. Well, that's one like, theory. Really? Because he his, his solution would be to turn into a flea and... <laughs> not be able to hear or see anything i guess this is how i die as a flea in this fire (laughs) i die as i lived as a flea (laughs) the flea sucking off of other more competent people (laughs) oh man oh all right let's get into it okay so i guess we'll get into the plot of this one yes the book opens (laughs) The book opens with Tobias and Rachel pulling a heist to save a hawk that's in captivity at a used car dealership of all Mm -hmm. places. Tobias picks the lock on the cage while Rachel very subtly distracts everyone by turning into an elephant and crushing all the convertibles. (laughs) And this event is broadcasted on live TV. Why? Why? It's a commercial. Why is it being broadcast live? I don't understand. It's a commercial. I didn't get that. Like, I would be like, okay, if it was a spot on the local news, no, it's a commercial, a big sale or something, I would buy that. But they say it's a commercial, and that makes zero sense. What to year me. was this released? 1996 or seven? One okay, of the two. So, is it possible that in the 90s, before the internet was like a huge thing, people just thought that like commercials were always broadcast live? <laughs> Like, did people not just un- just not understand how commercials work? I feel like as people who were alive in the 90s, we knew that they weren't live. I don't know. I feel like there might have been a time in the early 90s when I was very young and very stupid that I thought that, like, especially local mm. commercials, that they were being broadcast live. Ah. Because I was dumb and a child. <laughs> So I could see these children thinking. Yeah, but also you weren't like an adult that wrote a book. Wrote a book. Yeah, you write. You in write. In the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, maybe maybe because this is from Tobias's point of view, he's very uh, an unreliable narrator, and he thinks that all mm-hmm. commercials are broadcasted live. No, it is broadcasted live because the other Animorphs see it. I don't know, dude. I'm trying to make sense of this stupid thing. <laughs> no, I've I've managed to come up with logical explanations for a lot of shit in the, these books so far. I cannot I cannot figure out what the fuck is going on in this, this scene. This makes zero sense in any universe. This live broadcast of a commercial for a used car dealership. <laughs> the Tobias and Rachel obviously get chewed out by the group who saw the commercial. And later that night, as Tobias is... Because it was broadcast live. Because it was broadcast live. And they were all... Sitting at their television set, so excited to watch this live commercial. <laughs> I don't know, man. Innovative. It was the first of its kind. Everyone was really into it. And the it. last. Uh, as later that night, Tobias goes to brood in the skies, as is his wont, and he notices an anomaly in the sky and like feels this anomaly and also like doesn't see it and doesn't feel it because I didn't understand how he was trying to describe this. He's like, I saw it, but I didn't see it. And I felt it, but it didn't. I didn't know. It must have been a Yerk ship. I think, I think what they're saying is that there was like a hole, right? A hole like, in the he sky. Couldn't, he, knew, he knew something was there. But he could because of the cloaking or whatever, he couldn't see it. So it just felt like nothing was there because it wasn't just sky because something was there. But it was nothing. <laughs> but it was nothing was there. And he couldn't so see it, was it like but he something did see it. was there, but nothing was there. <laughs> and there's also kind of like this hilarious moment where the nothing rams into a bunch, a of, bunch geese. of geese and the geese just like tumble all over the place and die like it was it so... was very good because i hate geese i hate geese so much <laughs> wow wow a strong stance a strong anti-animal stance i am willing here. to take that strong stance we live near like at least like approximately seven thousand canada geese and they are nuisances <laughs> they're doing their best they're they control the sidewalks they just cross the street whenever they feel like it honking honking constantly it's just awful. I hate them, and they're scary, and I hate them. Thank you, stand-up comedian from the 90s. What's the deal with all these geese? (laughs) Anyway, they got killed by your ship, so fuck those geese. (laughs) They got flattened by something, or maybe nothing. Um, It's Schrodinger's geese. They are both alive and dead at the same time. (laughs) They, uh... Oh, Tobias does, like, assume it is a Yerk ship, and luckily for him, he assumes correctly, because it really could have been any alien ship, because... Yeah, there are a lot of aliens, right? This, Yeah, there's a lot of aliens that's discovered. <laughs> so it could have been any of them. It could have been the Andalites coming back. Now, to be fair, there are a lot of aliens we've discovered, but also, really, there's only four. I mean... <laughs> well, all the things that Visser 3 morphs into... Yeah, whatever. None of those get fleshed out the way that, like, that was a point I wanted to bring up later with this book, that they're like, oh, the Yerks were there, and they had their human controllers, and their Hork-Bajir controllers, and their Taxon controllers, and those two were, like, the controllers they used most often, and I'm like, are they the ones they use most often, or are they the only two they use? Because it seems like, it seems like... Literally, they're the only two. It should be more of a mixed population. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it being mainly Hork-Bajir and Taxons, but we need to see a few other ones popping up, or else I'm going to be like, okay, okay. It seems like maybe there's just four aliens <laughs> that you guys are good at, and you're not good at anything else. And they kind of brought it up in the last book where he was like, man, I wish that the cat was something that could work as a host for us because I really like that cat. But, like, so, like, what are the rules with what the Yerks can be? Are there any? Not cats, apparently. Yeah. Good question. Not I don't think they've I don't think they've gone over the rules of Yerking and what like that it entails. seems like it has to be Um I wonder if it has to be kind of like a higher consciousness than a cat, maybe? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. That it has to have a 
which might be kind of like I've I've talked before about can the Andalites turn into other Andalites or other humans or whatever, and I don't think we've gotten an answer to that. But maybe that's kind of the distinction between the Yerks and the Andalites that the Andalites can only become things with, I guess, what you would call lower consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the Yerks can only take over things with higher consciousness. And that's how they're, like, creating a moral definition. But that seems like that line, if we're talking about aliens, Mm -hmm. like, what makes something a higher versus lower, you know? Like, here on Earth, we pretty much just say, oh, humans are higher consciousness and everything else isn't, which, okay, cool. But... I mean, I think once you get to aliens, like, where are you drawing lines here? <laughs> like, how does this work? Yeah, we could be the house cats for the Andalites or something. Yeah. We could all be fluffers and not know it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the group decides to track down the ship, and the four children who can still morph take the bodies of wolves to trek through the uh, conveniently placed national park that is Cassie's backyard, apparently. Um, and... I guess the thing that made me mad about this travel sequence, and I don't understand why they, these children don't use their brains. So so we've established <laughs> that you can only be in a morphed form for two hours. Mm-hmm. And they're going, they're like really worried. They're really crunched for time because they have to go on a long walk from Cassie's backyard to the mountains where they assume the ship is. Yes. And they're like, well, I don't know if we can make it within the two-hour limit. Like, well, why don't you just, like, stop, have a five-minute break where you become humans again. Right. And then go back to being wolves, and then your two hours can start over. Or here's another question. Why don't you pick something that's known to be faster than wolves to do most of the trek, like, say, the 18 million horses that Cassie owns? Like, Yes. Why- they're trying too hard to be inconspicuous, and they're being really bad animals because of it. <laughs> They're not efficient. (laughs) So they discover that the ship is stealing oxygen and water from our precious planet Earth. Uh, And so (laughs) super awesome leader Jake devises this really super awesome, cool, awesome, super good plan where (laughs) they will become fish that live in the lake that the, the ship is stealing water from. And they will get sucked up into the ship the next time it comes for water. Mm hmm. Okay. There's so many things that could go wrong with this plan. The reason they're doing this is so they can get into the ship and they can drop the ship's cloaking whatever so that everyone on Earth will be like, oh, fucking aliens. Oh, no. And then they'll be like, see, listen, now we can tell you about these evil aliens and everyone will believe us because they'll have seen the alien ship. Um, So there's a lot of holes in this plan. (laughs) That's a buck wild plan. (laughs) Jake is making a really big assumption that alien locks work the same way that human locks do. Yes. <laughs> He's also making a big assumption that once they get up there, that they will be able to get to the controls with no one else seeing them or stopping them. And yeah. will be able to understand the controls. Yes. And use the controls when it's like, okay, these are ships that are we've mentioned the two alien races like that are being i guess piloted by taxons and um hork bajir one of whom is like a giant centipede and one of whom <laughs> is like a just pile of knives i think so i, think I don't know why you would is. think yeah. i don't know why you would think that you a thing with fingers would be good at their controls exactly seems they- like probably not <laughs> Or that, like, they don't boil the water before they use it, and you were just going to go to your death, Jake. Or that, like, again, that there wouldn't be other creatures up there that, like, let's assume, because I think what they were thinking is they would get sucked up and they would just be in, like, a giant puddle on this ship and then would be able to, like, go about their business. Right. So I think they They're didn't think the of like They're on the Lido deck of this fucking cruise right. ship that the taxons are driving around. But like, like they thought they were just going to like hop out of the pool, turn from fish into people, and no one would notice that. And then they would just saunter up to the controls yes. and be like, do to do, dropping all your shit, which I guess they could have pretended to be human controllers at that point. But like, again, 
did you not I don't understand how they didn't they think of like okay humans on the ship <laughs> I mean I I don't see any reason why they would but why 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 would you not assume there's some barrier between the water and the rest of the ship like I don't understand uh, I I was so disappointed in Rachel and Cassie because at no moment were they like let's stop and think about this for a second <laughs> yeah Marco he like, was Marco- like this actually wasn't it wasn't it Marco who came up with the idea of we should drop the... Because I have issues with that yeah. part of the plan, too. <laughs> yeah, that was all Marco's genius idea. Like, everyone will see something above them and be like, oh, aliens. And okay, yeah, definitely a, a large portion of the population will think that. But also, have you... I mean, I guess it was the mid-90s. He probably hadn't spent a lot of time on conspiracy boards because there are a lot of other things that that could be aside from aliens yes (laughs) and then you are still going to be four 13 year olds who are like we know what this ship is it's aliens and everyone's gonna be like yeah 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 we've heard that crazy conspiracy it's probably russians (laughs) this is why 13 year old boys should not come up with plans it's just they're not they're they're not good you're not good at it. So they say, okay, we're going to do this next weekend because we've got school. <laughs> so meanwhile, Tobias is like really struggling to maintain his human identity because he's been trapped mm-hmm. as a hawk for like over a month now. Yeah. And it all comes to a head when he ends up letting the hawk's instincts take over and he kills and eats a rat. And this really fucks him up because he had been making a huge attempt to only eat human food and still like sleep indoors and stuff in Jake's attic like a weirdo. Which, real quick, real quick sidebar, why the fuck was he staying at Jake's house instead of fucking Cassie's house who is equipped to have places for Hawks to sleep and also is not living with a controller? Like, they're like, oh, gotta be careful that Tom doesn't find out. Yeah, you do. Go stay somewhere else, dumbass. (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) Again, it was Jake's idea. Jake's such a good leader, guys. Tobias gets real panicky and flies to the mall because Rachel is there putting on a gymnastics exhibition or something. And he wants to see her real bad because he loves her. But, you know, the book hasn't covered that yet because they're 13. And he gets inside the mall and, like, his only goal is to try and um, ram himself so hard into a wall that he wakes up from this nightmare Mm. so uh, was this a suicide attempt (laughs) because like yes kind of what it seemed like anything else he was flying at 80 miles per hour into a set of doors that someone just happened to open at the exact moment in time so that he couldn't smash his little bird brains all over. I feel like K.A. Applegate wrote this as, like, straight up, he's trying to kill himself. And then her editor was like, whoa, 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 Applegate, that's real, real dark. And she was like, okay, I guess he thought it was a dream then. Whatever. He's trying to wake himself up. Okay, sure. I'll he's put two sentences up. Like, in you would pinch that. yourself, but he doesn't have fingers, right. so he, he doesn't just have to his head into a wall. <laughs> At mm. 80 miles an hour. That'll definitely wake him up. I wanted to talk about the whole him eating a rat thing. And how that okay. gets into the bigger the bigger issue of the morality of Animorphs, which is a topic I'm very yes. interested in. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, he gets real fucked up because he ate this rat, right? But it's not even that yes. he ate it. It's that he killed it. Because he specifically says, I mean, like, he's grossed out by the eating thing. But he specifically, like, when he goes to talk to Rachel eventually, at some point, he's like, I killed, I killed. Like, that's the thing, that he killed something, right? Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So, okay... Um, we've already seen in the other books that the Animorphs, despite the fact that they turn into animals, are not all vegetarians at this point. <laughs> so Very they are true. all presumably still killing and eating animals. Um, well, not killing them because they're children, but uh, they're still eating animals. So they're not bothered by the eating of like other animals why why is Tobias so wigged out by the fact that he killed a rat? Because again, okay, and you can make the argument, okay, because killing rats is a thing that hawks do, not humans. But actually, no, mm-hmm. like humans kill rats all the time. 
there there's a job for a Very human true. whose job is killing rats. Like that is a thing that exists. <laughs> so this isn't like some I I don't know that there is a specific thing that he could have done that would have been like, oh no, this is a specifically hawk thing, not a human thing. But it just seems like the other animorphs kill or like eat meat. He still eats meat, except that it's prepared by Jake's mom. Right. He is not doing anything that humans would have a problem with. Like humans wouldn't be like, oh, it's morally wrong to kill that rat hawk boy. Um, Mm -hmm. And also the other animorphs, I believe we discussed in book one have killed before. (laughs) Right. Cassie is a murderer. This whole, this whole like, Tobias being so horrified by killing something. I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get why this is the thing that broke does you. He, does he think that they're going to save the world peacefully? Like, Yeah, that's very foolish, Tobias. Things are going to die. <laughs> but I guess not rats. I guess that's the thing. I think it's just that it's a thing that he... I think I guess it's like a combo of them that it's a thing that he killed and ate for the purposes of eating... So he was a predator and it was prey and like he doesn't like seeing the world as predator mm-hmm. and prey. But it's like, okay, man, but like humans eat meat. You eat meat. Like the fact that you haven't realized that like cows are living creatures before <laughs> this, like you still fucking ate McDonald's as a human. Like what's the difference? <laughs> Why is this the moral the moral high ground that you're exactly. taking of that like, oh, this is the thing I can't come back from when it's very clearly not like I don't it's very stupid it's a very stupid thing. I agree I agree I I think like the point for me where I'm like ooh, I'm starting to lose my humanity wouldn't be the killing and the eating of the rat because you gotta survive man mm-hmm. it would be like right. at the point where I just started like pooping everywhere and not giving a shit I think that would be the point mm. where I as a hawk Anna would freak out about losing human Anna I think it would be the point that does actually happen in this book when I, as a hawk, begin seriously considering <laughs> taking a mate, fucking another hawk. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, wait. Oh, no. Gone too I far. am not attracted to that. Am I? Am I? No, I'm not. I'm not attracted to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tobias, you got a lot of things going on. It's human puberty and hawk instincts. It's just a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> Um, he decides to just let the hawk part of him take over for the next few days, and he, like, loses himself. Thankfully, uh, he's knocked out of his hawk mind when he discovers a human being chased by the hork that are guarding the water-sucking ship. And he saves the human, mm-hmm. and it renews Tobias's interest in being human, I guess. Because he is like, I guess my humanity is tied to saving humanity. Yeah, I think it's, again, like, because it sets up this predator-prey thing of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, humans don't just see things as predator and prey, which, I mean, like, we don't, I guess, but also we definitely eat a lot of animals, guys. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. So Tobias gets his head back in the game just in time because it's the day the gang needs to go through with the plan. So they all hike into the woods where the ship normally touches down. But guess what? The area is more heavily secured than usual. Because guess who shows up? Visser 3. <laughs> he's so excited. He's there because uh, Tobias helped that guy escape. And so he's like, you guys can't do anything without me here. So he comes and uh, the security, there's like people all over and especially around the lake. They've got, like, patrols around the lake. And so the kids are like, we can't go down to the water to morph into fish now. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, here's a good idea from Jake. <laughs> King of good ideas. <laughs> what if we just became a fish here on land and Tobias carried us to the water one by one? <laughs> And just plopped us in, dropped us from a high, high altitude, just right into the water. I don't under, it's a, it's a lake. There's gotta be like, there's gotta be stuff feeding into it. Right. (laughs) Right. Like a creek or I don't know. Go to. It's a natural water, water, uh, it's water. It's a natural water. What's the word I'm looking for? Formation. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think I was going to say water feature, but that's like fountains. Yeah, no. <laughs> body. It's a natural body of water, naturally occurring there you go. body of water. So there has to be a source. Even if you couldn't find water that connected to the lake, surely you could at least find water nearby that you could transform into. Because as they transform, like Cassie's the first one to go, and Jake's like, if it feels like you can't breathe, you got to pull out of it. It's like, okay, like go find a puddle and like sit in the puddle and do this. Like, why are you... <laughs> Yes. Why are you doing this the worst way possible? Okay. Here's my better plan. I just came up with right now. I'm already a better later than Jake. We've already done the bugs thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody turn into a fucking dragonfly. Fly up into the tube with all the water. Oh, yeah. Because they say they're they're scooping up water and they're also scooping up air. Yeah. Fly up into... Yeah. I guess then they'd have to find a dragonfly and it took them so fucking long to find a fish. They were probably like, well... We're really committed it took to the them fish like an hour. now. Yeah, we got a Cassie went and caught this fish for us and made fun of us for not knowing how to fish. So now we just got to be fish. I wonder what would happen. Really? And this might be a little grim dark, but I wonder what would happen if they went and like started touching like meats at the grocery store to try to acquire <laughs> them. Would that work? <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to turn into a pig, but now I'm just a lynx of sausage on the ground. They could definitely at least get lobster that way, though, right? <laughs> that Yes, lobster, crabs, some fish. They could have gone to the grocery yeah. store and gotten a fish, I bet. I yeah. bet they had, like, a Whole Foods or something in this hoity-toity probably California city. Like, mm-hmm. the um, controllers eventually caught on to the fact that a red-tailed hawk has been carrying fish back and forth across this forest and lake uh, several times in a row now. Um, but they don't catch on until the kids are sucked up into the ship, which is very convenient. And Tobias spends, like, three or four pages of book dodging enemy fire until he gets a mind message from Rachel saying they're stuck in the water tank. They can't get out. Please blow up the ship so we're not taken alive. (laughs) How much you want to bet that was Jake's play? (laughs) That was Jake's play. He's like, "Uh, well, he's just got to kill us. It's the only thing we can do now, guys. We've just got to die. Um, so Tobias, like, he doesn't even think about it that long. He's like, all right, I'm going to try and blow up this ship then. (laughs) Which I guess, what would you do? You're just a hawk boy. That's true. You don't have many. You don't really have a ton of options. So I guess I can't like rag on Tobias too much, but for being his best friends, he really doesn't think that long about just, he's like, yeah, I will blow you up. Yeah. So he, he grabs a gun. He's okay. He's a red tailed hawk guys. Imagine a hawk. You've seen them. They're sitting on, like, road signs and stuff when you're going down the highway in the Midwest. I don't know about other parts of the nation, but... Or other nations. Or world. <laughs> yeah. That, as, or world. Yeah. Um, I forget not everyone lives in America. He, he picks up a gun from one of the controllers, flies it up to where the ship is, and aims it at the cockpit of the ship, and then pulls the trigger? <laughs> How did he do that? How do that? I mean, to be fair, it is a sci-fi gun. It's not like a gun gun. Cause what, it, it is. The whole gun could have been a trigger, and all he had to do was touch it. But to be fair, uh, to be fair, the opposite way, they also specifically say that these sci-fi guns look and are shaped like guns. So... Yes. So I'm calling bullshit on this. Hawk fingers, <laughs> I guess? Like, I can imagine, like... Hawk with a human brain, sure, you can figure out how to get your claws in there, but one, do you have the leg strength to hold the gun and pull the trigger? And two, do you have the leg length to hold a gun and pull the trigger <laughs> as a red-tailed hawk? I'm trying to And is trying to make this work with her hands. <laughs> She's trying to figure it out. If my hands what are, are you hawk, doing? If my hands are hawk claws. Okay. And I'm okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm holding like the barrel of the gun here. Uh huh. And then I like take my other hand, which is the hot claw, and I like get it around the trigger. Maybe, but I feel like my legs are too short because I'm doing this with arms. And it's uncomfortable for my arms. But I think if they were my legs and they were short little hawk legs, I don't think it would physically work. Okay. I just Googled how long are hawk legs. Um,. I'm not getting a straight answer, surprisingly. Though I am looking at pictures of hawks, and, and hawks I they shoot guns. I don't. 
I don't. Can hawks shoot guns? Maybe. Now that I'm okay, I'm seeing a red-tailed hawk. Like its wings are up in the air, so you can see mm-hmm. all of his like birdie goodness with the legs and stuff. And sure. They look like they might be long enough, but I don't think they would bend that way. I think that's going to be the detriment. I I don't think it's possible. I don't think so. I don't think a hawk could have done this. I don't think a hawk can shoot a gun. Maybe a flamingo or uh, a heron. No, because I think the problem with all bird gun crime is that, number one, (laughs) birds are naturally afraid of guns. And so that would be a problem that they'd have to overcome. Number two, legs don't have elbows, right? Like, Mm. they don't. So <laughs> just backwards knees on those birds. Yeah. So like, but the knees, knees just bend, like bend the things up and down. Right. Like they yeah. don't bend them Whereas side like, to side. Right. You right. Can't, yeah. Well, so I, think, I would argue that your arm, your shoulders are what bend that way. And it's your elbows also. Mm, maybe, go. maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> I'm thinking shoulders versus hips. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think so their that's hips it. wouldn't work the same way. I wouldn't think. Right. Ornithologist, could you please let us know? <laughs> no, because I'm thinking if I did this, if I did the splits, my knees still wouldn't be able to do the shapes that my shoulder, my elbows do if I reach my arms out. Like, there's just there's something there. <laughs> there's something there that wasn't there before. It's opposable thumbs. <laughs> Yes, the ornithologist, please. Let us know. Can birds shoot gun? Can a bird shoot a gun? (laughs) Thank you. We're not saying would a bird shoot a gun. We understand they're peaceful, beautiful creatures. We we understand that a bird would (laughs) if presented in a situation where it's four teenage best friends that were also humans were on a ship and asked for you to blow them up. That hawk would then say, yes, I will shoot this gun. (laughs) But could he? Please, we need to know. (laughs) Um, so he shoots the gun at the cockpit and this also like conveniently creates a hole, I guess, in the water tank because the children then fall out of it and turn into birds halfway down and almost hit the ground, but they all fly away and live to morph another day, which we're, we're really playing Calvin ball with like the amount of time it takes to morph and how fast gravity happens. But yeah, I'm just going to say it was the adrenaline that made them morph super quickly. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And yeah, I think that's about it for this book. They are all kind of sad their plan didn't work, but they're going to try again. There's the whole thing with the the hawk that they rescued at the very beginning of the book, which I guess this kind of gets into my morbid moment for this uh, week. Because the the hawk that they shot at the beginning of the book, or they shot, they freed at the beginning of the book. (laughs) Um, Tobias keeps kind of running into it out in the wild and... uh, at the very end, and at one point considers fucking it, yeah. but then at the end, um, because Visser 3 is like, has seen this hawk, he's like, everybody's supposed to shoot this hawk, so they see her, the female hawk, and someone shoots it down, and it burns off one of her wings as she falls, which was like a real bummer, and also kind of like, was sort of, I think the moment that these characters realize that there might be collateral damage in their shenanigans. Yeah. Cause like the Hawk was just doing its thing, man. The Hawk was just trying its best. And it was, it wasn't as dark. I don't think as some of the other things we've seen in these books, but it was pretty, especially cause this was from Tobias's viewpoint where it's like, he specifically is the reason that that Hawk died because they thought yeah. it was him. Um, That's a lot to put on a 13 year old. Well, And then he has like, this big philosophical moment where he was like, where Rachel's like, are you okay? Like, should we go find the Hawk's body and bury it? And he's like, no, Hawks don't feel sadness. They like, if she was my mate, I would have been disturbed that she was gone, but I wouldn't be sad about it. Like, that's just how things are. Something's probably eaten it already. (laughs) Oh, he's like, the Hawk doesn't need or want that. Right. Like the Hawk that, died like he's mm-hmm, sad about mm-hmm. the hawk because he says that he's like i grieve over stuff because i'm human but the hawk part of me wouldn't grieve for it and the hawk like that means nothing to a hawk right like having a burial for the hawk is not for the hawk 
Right. Yeah. It's just like a waste of time. Right. It, but it would be for the humans. And I think like this might be giving it more credit than it's due, but I think there's something like really interesting about that of like, it, especially with death in general, that like, like the things that we do to memorialize should not be about our grief, but, but should be about what that person or creature mm-hmm. needs yes. to know what happened to them after death. Right. And the Hawk doesn't care, but like Tobias, like that would help him to grieve. Right. But he doesn't want to do it because it's not what the Hawk would want. Right. Cause the Hawk doesn't want things. It's a Hawk. So I don't know. Like it was, it's like kind of got me fucked up, but that was like my morbid moment for the week was yes, the whole hawk situation. I was also very disturbed by the hawk, but I was disturbed more by this notion of um, this line or a couple of lines here where Tobias is like struggling to figure out what his identity is now that he is no longer human shaped. He says, I was a boy named Tobias, a boy with blonde hair that mm. was always a mess, a boy with human friends, human interests. But part of me kept saying, it's a lie. It's a lie. You are the hawk. The hawk is you. And Tobias is dead. Yeah, that was real fucked up, too. (laughs) He's, like, struggling with these ideas of, like, he is no longer, like, a person. He's simply an idea of a person, like, a memory of a person. But the person that he was is dead. So, like, what am I? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. That's really fucking deep for a book Man, about thirteen year olds that morph into animals. Book is fucked it is up. so fucked up. I really want the next bias book like immediately because this is so like intense. Right. There is a lot. There's a lot in this book. And it's it's not that I necessarily like Tobias the best out of the characters. And I think to be fair, I think like all of these first books are kind of um establishing why the characters are going to be doing what they're doing for the rest of this 50 book series, which I'm guessing having read YA like books of this era is going to be very same samey where they come up with a plan. It's like how the the TV show probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Like they come up, it's, it's a monster of the week sort of situation. They come up with a plan. The plan doesn't work. They turn into some animals. They escape. Like that's going to be pretty much the whole book series. But these early books are like really establishing kind of like, each character's sort of ethics and morality and like why they're internal. Struggles. Yeah. And like why they're like, um, not so much Jake cause Jake sucks, but like somewhat Jake's whole thing is that My he wants brother. to save Tom. So his, his reason is also pretty shitty, but like Cassie, not Cassie, sorry, Rachel, we saw in her book, like she states specifically, she comes to this realization that she wants to keep fighting because she does not like seeing this familial bond but between the Chapmans being destroyed. And so like, that's kind of her mm-hmm. higher morality, right. Of like sort of bond and love and that sort of thing. And like kind of to her, what it means to be human, I guess being destroyed. And now we see Tobias and kind of like, what does it mean to Tobias to be human and why? Cause that's what this mm-hmm. whole series is about is right. Is like the fight to maintain your humanity. Right. Which is a very, very it's real intense, complicated it's real intense. topic. I wasn't for thirteen this. year olds. I don't remember <laughs> the first time I read this ever being like this conflicted over a human identity. Right, but like that's what this that, is about, yeah. right? Is like what makes someone, it, especially this book, it comes to the forefront. But it was in the last book too. Like, what makes someone human? Why is it so awful to have the Yerks in your head? Right, right? like why does that make you? Does that make you not human? Like, you know, that sort of thing. And also the Animorphs, like, they're turning into things that are not human, but they are still human. But are they, in the case of Mm -hmm. Tobias, right? Like, is he still a human? Maybe. I don't (laughs) know. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. Rachel thinks she knows, but. Man. (laughs) Well, oh, so who was your most valuable morph? Um, I feel bad two weeks in a row giving it to the viewpoint character, but I do feel like it was Tobias in this book because everybody else just – Everybody else just went along with a stupid plan and he shot a gun. So, which would be very Mm. hard for a bird. He did shoot a gun. Everybody else didn't really do anything, right? Like, I mean, they did stuff. They turned into wolves and they turned into fish and Tobias had to rescue them both times. So. Yeah, I would, I was going to say Cassie, but because she did, she Mm. caught the fish and also she had like, um, 
you know, figured out that they can only have one male wolf in the pack and blah, 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 blah. Well, like, no, the more I, the more I think about it, she's just fucking enabling Jake and his yeah. stupid plans. So, Cassie, I'm sorry. You've got to step up your game. I think the next book is from her POV. Um, if huh. not, it's Marco's, in which case I don't want to read it. But um, I really I really want to see her step up and become a good morph because mm-hmm. Rachel and Tobias are really knocking it out of the park the last two books. Yeah, and I was, I was also going to make an argument for Rachel in this book because I think although Tobias does more things, Rachel is obviously like – grounding him in a way that nobody else is and if exactly if we are looking at this if we're looking at the plot of this book not as the plot of okay we're gonna go do this plan and whatever Uh in which Tobias is the most effective of them but if we're looking at at it as you know Tobias's arc of you know turning to the wild and then coming back Rachel is his cornerstone who keeps him grounded so I think that like you could make the argument that Rachel was the most valuable he's like they're like Penny and Desmond (laughs) uh i am like kind of on board the tobias rachel train though like i'm yeah i'm feeling it this book because last book it was there but i was like my and they tried to do like some jake and cassie in this book where like they accidentally touched hands and i think it was actually on purpose and not on accident sort of thing but tobias and rachel have proven that they have like this really strong connection and also they're both pretty mature for their age so Mm-hmm. If they wanted to pursue a relationship, I would not be against it. I would also say that in terms of like actual character interaction, um, now again, these are all 13-year-olds, so I don't really super want to get into shipping them in general. Oh, yeah. But I would, I would say that I think that in terms of ships, Tobias Rachel is the strongest right now, but I would argue Jake Tobias is probably stronger than Jake Cassie at the moment. Because <laughs> even though Jake is trash, Jake and Tobias have a lot more like actual character conversations than jake and cassie yes and tobias is like real into jake's leadership yeah there's some unresolved feelings there yeah (laughs) all right series theories real quick then before we sign off i don't know if i have any for this one i mean nothing new um no the andalites are still evil still pretty sure uh, nothing has persuaded me that they aren't in this book but this was not a particularly andalite heavy book so uh, I don't have a ton on that. Um, I'll say, let me throw this at you then, because I was going through uh, Tobias's Wikipedia page, uh, well, the Animorphs wiki of Tobias, mm-hmm. um, and I was scrolling through just like, because I was trying to figure out, I was trying to, we were talking about something with Tobias and I wanted to like confirm it, but I didn't find it. So I was just like scrolling through the page really quickly. It's a very long explanation for something that doesn't even matter. Anyway. I came across a heading. It was going through the timeline of Tobias, and one of the subheadings in the section was killing Adolf Hitler. Now. What? Yes. So somehow the character Tobias is related to the death of Adolf Hitler. Any theories? Any thoughts on that? I don't remember this at all. I don't know in what Um, context this is or anything. It could have been complete, like, it, it could have just been nonsense, but... Okay, now, this does get into something I've wondered because I was also scrolling through a wiki, um, which I'm trying to not do because I don't want spoilers, yes. but it was when I was trying to figure out the characters' ages. Yes. Um, they mentioned something about them going to space at some point, so I'm pretty sure stuff's going to get real buck wild in the back half of the series, which we're I'm probably so not going to get to this summer. But I would not be surprised if time travel is involved at some point. I'm so excited to get to that. I do have one kind of um, theory, I guess, or like question maybe, um, just in kind of in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did they, so they became Animorphs, right? Because the Andalite right. had them touch a thing, right? That was like the a, process. A square, yeah, a box of some kind. Yeah. Did that thing get destroyed, do we think? That's a good ship, question. The they ship don't... was destroyed. Yeah, but the box would have been outside of the ship with the prince, and they don't really say. Right. Like, are you thinking that maybe someone else has morphing powers? No, my question, although maybe, but my question would be, would it be possible if they could get that box back for mm. Tobias to 
gain morphing powers as a hawk, which would not solve the issue of him being Tobias because you have to, he would have to touch his original Tobias body and acquire that DNA, which that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So can't do that. But would it be possible for him to be a anamorph as a hawk and be able to turn into other animals or possibly other humans? Um, which I guess gets to the question of the whole higher consciousness thing that we kind of said, like, oh, maybe the thing is that on- morphs can only be creatures with, like, what we would consider higher consciousness, like humans and Andalites and whatever. Um, like, would Tobias qualify for that as a hawk because he's a hawk and they don't have right. higher consciousness, at least according, you know? Or would he, yes, like, does his... does his body matter the most or does the fact that he was originally a human matter the most you know yeah well i have my gu- i guess my question is could tobias be an anamorph again i have vague memories of something happening so i don't want to say too much but okay okay that might be my my theory for where this might be going as to how they fix the tobias issue or right. at least make it slightly better that maybe he will become a double anamorph or something. <laughs> Cause he can't, the boy can't be a hawk forever. That obviously, unless, I mean, maybe this series ends. I don't know how the series ends. Maybe it ends with like n- a not real ending that like, she just doesn't really bother ending the series. Uh-huh. Right. Um, it just kind of trails off or whatever. People stop buying them, whatever. Well, the last book is called The Beginning. Okay, that seems like it's probably a pretty... That sounds like it could be the end. Can, there will be <laughs> some sort of ending to this series, right? I would hope so. Unless she's like, this is the beginning of the next series. Yeah. <laughs> right, but even that, I feel like, yeah, would tie would up loose so. ends. Maybe not. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like by the last book, the Tobias Hawk thing has to be resolved. But maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a hawk forever. <laughs> So I think that pretty much wraps us up for this fortnight. Next fortnight, we'll be reading, of course, Animorphs number four, The Message. The Cassie POV. She turns into a dolphin. Yeah, (laughs) Cassie. (laughs) Let's see if she doesn't suck as much as she has the last few books. So come by to listen to us talk about that. please. In the meantime, if you know if if a bird can shoot a gun, if you've been shot by a bird... (laughs) Please tweet at us at HateReadCast on Twitter or email us HateReadCast at gmail.com. Or if you have any Animorphs uh, stories from your childhood, or I guess now if you're reading them now. Or again, if you have any books that you would like us to read once we get back to our regular format this Mm -hmm. fall, um, you can always send any sort of anything to either our Twitter or our email. Yes. Um, as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the Spark theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And if you aren't followed or subscribed to us yet, you should do that on any of the podcast aggregating platforms that you may use because we are on most of them. And if you use iTunes, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. Um, otherwise, if you don't use iTunes, or even if you do, I guess, you can just tell people about the show. Tell them you how much you love us and how much you love Animorphs and the uh, morbid discussion we have surrounding this book series. <laughs> In the words of K.A. Applegate, be happy for me and for all who fly free. That one's not funny. It's just, <laughs> what the fuck is going know. on? This is a book series for children. God damn it, Tobias. Oh my god. I have to send you those. <laughs> this is an original sketch of an Andalite. Oh no. Oh no. I know. <laughs> Why is it that way? <laughs> I hate it so I hate much. it. <laughs> <laughs>